Hello, what have we here? Welcome to another episode of Lando's Lounge. This is the third episode of our Star Wars rewatch series. We are going to be talking about Revenge of the Sith. Um, trying to turn my phone off here. We it's already we kind of talked about Revenge of the Sith in episode one, so we're <laughs> going to try to talk about things we didn't talk about. And it's really hot in the recording room. So I'm not wearing pants. <clears throat> so it might be in case you were wondering. It might be a shorter episode because of those reasons, but we're still going to try to talk about some stuff that we missed. Mm-hmm. Um so do you want to start was there anything right out the gate that Well, yeah. So the one <clears throat> thing really the first thing we've talked about in this series so far was how good the openings are for these movies, especially this prequel batch here. And it's something we didn't really necessarily have a full appreciation for before this. So the one thing about this movie, this is probably the coolest opening to a Star Wars movie ever. I'd say there's an argument also for... Maybe Rise of Skywalker, because we open up and we see Kylo Ren just destroying people on yeah. Mustafar. But and I, The Force Awakens is yeah, pretty cool, too. That's true. But I feel like this one just takes the cake. We, I mean, we open up and we're in some giant like military space battle. And we see Obi-Wan and Anakin fighting side by side. And they have this just cool little banter, like this little rapport that is something that wasn't necessarily all there in Attack of the Clones, but now we can see that, you know, they've been fighting side by side for a very long time, and it's just, um, the one thing that you noted, and I had also thought to myself quietly, was that the opening of this movie seemed very similar to the opening of The Phantom Menace in a lot of ways. Yeah, especially after they land on the droid ship, the, um, like, the space battle part is cool, but there's not anything like that in the beginning of Phantom Menace. But there's, like, General Grievous and the uh, guys on the, like, bridge of the ship talking about, like, oh, the Jedi are on board, and that was a lot like the Trade Federation guys Mm -hmm. at the beginning of Phantom Menace. And then, like, there's even, like, the banter is kind of the same, and then there's the droids that show up that they just, like, (laughs) slaughter. Like, in the elevator, it reminded me a lot of the... Um, scene where they fill the room with gas, mm-hmm. and then they just cut all the droids down and they escape the gas or whatever, and that reminded me a lot of the elevator scene. Yeah, and obviously it's different, but it's I think it was intentionally trying to show, rather than Qui Gon and Obi Wan, now it's Obi Wan and Anakin. Yeah, and it was less like in the Phantom Menace, where like who are the Jedi? Like what are they about? What are they like? And the in, the intro to The Phantom Menace was kind of just about showing us that. And this one, we're just like, okay, I just want to see Jedi just wreck stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, obviously there's a lot of that in the Clone Wars series. But um, considering that that happened after this movie, just uh, getting a, audiences a glimpse of what the Clone Wars was like and like what it was for years in between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And it's just cool i mean Mm -hmm. it's just it's a lot more action heavy than the opening of the phantom yeah the phantom menace was kind of like a slow kind of more mysterious and 
they're definitely going for like a different tone than this. This is like an action mm-hmm. movie, like straight out the gate, where Phantom Menace is like, we're gonna take our time and we're gonna be mysterious and we're gonna introduce the characters slowly and then you're gonna get some action. Mm-hmm. But then it's it's not gonna be like all action all the time. It's Phantom Menace is definitely a much uh, slow slower burn of a movie. Yeah. Another thing about this opening is I didn't realize <clears throat> how much R2 just gets to, like, d- like fight. Like, <laughs> he, like, <clears throat> is just destroying stuff. Like, mm-hmm. there's the part um, where he's in the hangar bay and he, like, ejects some, like, motor oil or something at these super battle droids something. and then lights it on fire. And then again, when they're kind of in the... Uh, the what's it called the bridge. the bridge the bridge of the ship and he just like zaps them all and like <laughs> ascending stuff every which way and like i feel like that's the only time in star wars that we see r2 actually like fight more than just probably just like a little zap or like bumping into yeah people yeah i would agree with that what um that scene on the bridge where r2 kind of <clears throat> helps obi-wan and anakin escape from being captured by General Grievous. That scene was... And a lot of the scenes in this movie were really weird for me to watch because I'm so used to the Clone mm-hmm. Wars. So seeing things in live action, like General Grievous, and even, like, battle droids and the ships and everything, was really weird because I'm so used to being, mm-hmm. like, in the Clone Wars TV show and everything has, like, a certain stylistic look, and then it just looks... It looks so different, and it, it seems kind of backwards that, like, the movie looks weird because of the animated show rather than the animated show looks weird because the movie... It's yeah, not... one thing that is really subtly different, I mean, it's not so subtly different, that's the thing, but you just take it for granted, is the look, the difference in looks between Grievous and the show and Grievous in the movies, like, y- you don't even think that they're different, but then... For example, in this season seven of Clone Wars, we just get a brief shot of Grievous, and he just looks so much different, and that's because they made him look like how he does in Revenge of the Sith. I need to and when, when you that. put them side by side, they look they definitely look a lot different. So, mm. um, well, yeah, there was that episode of the Clone Wars where he has like all like where they go to his like his chambers oh, yeah. or whatever, and there's like all different pieces of armor that they can add when he gets injured or whatever but yeah uh, grievous i thought when i was watching the grievous scenes especially he looked so like good (laughs) (laughs) like i'm i don't know how they did him if he was like all digital or if there was some kind of level of practical effect involved but it looked really good i thought especially like since he's doing a lot of movement like Mm-hmm. complex movement and combat stuff <clears throat> and it looked just really like good <laughs> yeah like when he scuttles looks real good <laughs> well yeah like yeah. i didn't i don't know i didn't know like how to like explain it because like a lot of effects like especially in the sequels like a lot of things i can say like oh yeah that's a practical effect you can tell mm-hmm. i mean it gets harder in the prequels because the practical effects and the digital effects both look so good that, like, they can be indistinguishable. But if you, like, say, oh, that's a practical effect on this alien creature or whatever, I can be like, oh, yeah, I could see that. But then in this one, it's like, there, I can't see how General Grievous would be a practical effect. 
but it looks so good, especially for 2005 CGI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing about... Unless yeah. it's mo- ca- motion capture, which is, I, I assume it's motion capture, but I still don't know how they're him. motion capturing this guy's split forearms. They actually had to find the guy with forearms. <laughs> yeah, yeah to, uh, <laughs> it's two people duct taped together in motion capture. Anyhow, scenes. another thing about this intro is it does a lot. The one thing that the prequels is a little criticism is... Outside of just the movies, we like in the series, we get a lot of characterization with Dooku and Grievous, but just within the movies, like before the Clone Wars especially, like they're kind of just non characters almost. Like um like they're just like villains for because they need a villain. Like we have Dooku kind of in the back half of the Attack of the Clones, and then in the beginning of this movie he's just instantly killed and you're like, mm-hmm. Oh well mm-hmm. I thought he was gonna be someone more than what he was and then immediately they're like, But we have this cyborg, we have Grievous, take him. Yeah. He and then lo and behold he dies like halfway through the movie too. Like we yeah. get even less time with him. Uh-huh. Which is weird, because, yeah. like he, like, especially Grievous, I feel like, is such a fan favorite. Like, fans mm-hmm. think he's so cool. Probably the forearms thing. But yeah. He is really cool, but it's so weird, because, like, watching it, and I'm checking, like, how far in through, in through the movie we are as we're watching it, and I'm like, really? Grievous dies halfway through? Yeah. I feel but- like Grievous' death is, like, right at the beginning of the end of the movie. Yeah, like, you think that, like the part where Anakin actually turns is, like, towards the end, but there's still, like, another 50 minutes yeah, it's of like movie halfway, after that. halfway... Like, the Darth Plagueis speech takes place, like, 40 minutes into mm-hmm. the movie. I was like, what? I yeah. never really, like, thought about it as I was watching it Yeah, before. it's a long movie, which I, I never really had an appreciation for, mm-hmm. I guess. I just... I mean, I watched it mostly as like a kid and i feel like i wasn't necessarily mm. always 100 percent dialed in or i would just like get up and walk out and walk yeah. back in and stuff but yeah um another thing that i noticed while watching it this time is that obviously like christopher lee and ian mcdermott who play count dooku and uh the emperor respectively they're both old and can't actually mm-hmm. lightsaber fight so I was watching their heads specifically during their fight scenes, and that CGI, I think, could use some work. Because <laughs> if you look at it, you can definitely tell that they just mapped somebody's head yeah. onto And even, like, Jango Fett, or not Jango Fett, all, the clones, Tamura Morrison's face. Like, any time that there's multiple clones in a scene with, like, faces, mm-hmm. you can you can tell that, like... His head is the only real thing in the you shot. You tell me they didn't actually clone him? No, they didn't. <laughs> oh, shoot. Uh, but that's another thing that's really weird is, like, the clones in the movie... Like, I'm so used to the clones in the show that when I see the clones and hear the You're clones like, in the movie, it's just, like, it seems so off. Yeah. This is just a testament for how good the Clone Wars show mm-hmm. is. Um, but... Uh, I guess while we're on the topic of the Emperor and Count Dooku, um, another, like, a big concern that I think a lot of people had when this movie came out is that people didn't buy Anakin's fall to the dark side. And I was kind of watching it, and I was like, in the context of just this movie, I feel like 
it's a really weird thing that he, in, like, one event, turns to the dark side. Like, he kills Mace Windu, mm-hmm. or helps kill Mace Windu, and then all, all of a sudden he's like, I'll do whatever you ask, and I... Uh, he yeah. is just willing to murder so many people just after, like, one bad thing happens. Yeah, and afterwards, when he even talks to, like, Padme, <clears throat> like, his demeanor's instantly changed. Like, he's like, acts, like, really... Not necessarily Vader-y? badly, but, like, weird. He's just <laughs> like, it's it's okay. <laughs> everything's great. And then Padme's like, doesn't seem like everything's great. Like, <laughs> you, you kind of are acting weird. Yeah. But... I do love, back to, like, the fights, I do love the fight between Obi-Wan and Anakin and Dooku on the ship at Mm -hmm. the beginning, because, like, if you watch it back-to-back with Attack of the Clones, you see how much Mm -hmm. better it's become. Yeah. I mean, the one thing is, Obi-Wan's, like, Sith Lords are our speciality. And then he no, gets, they're not. You and fought then, one. You well, no, in the Clone Wars, he's fought. You Maul fought him. A, you fought Dooku. a lot. Well, Sith Lords, but you fought. A, <laughs> you fought a lot of them, and you never win. You have never. Yeah, won. they always escape. They he's never, never killed a Sith. Yeah, not even really come close. Not they always Maul. just dip. But um, despite that, this fight like incorporates the super battle droids. Like I always love. There's a part where like Obi Wan runs up the stairs and they're just shooting lasers so mm-hmm. fast, and Obi Wan says and just blocks him back instantly. Uh-huh. And I also love how there's like no music over it for a lot of it, and it's just fighting, mm-hmm. and it's really awesome. Yeah, I like Count Dooku a lot. Just the way he like moves and yeah, spins his lightsaber and technique and his lightsaber are both it really just looks cool. Awesome. Plus, who doesn't love Christopher Lee? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but back to Anakin. Um, so I guess, well, we kind of talked about how it, it it does seem kind of weird, but the Clone Wars, and I think, um, if you like really think about the implications of things that happen in like Attack of the Clones that aren't necessarily shown, like how him marrying Padme furthers him down the dark side, even though they don't really explore that concept mm-hmm. um, that much. It's mostly he's afraid of Padme dying, but like him marrying Padme m- makes it a lot worse. Yeah. Like, if he wasn't married to Padme, like, her death wouldn't be as like big of a deal to him i guess so i i guess like yeah i agree <clears throat> that just within revenge of the sith his turn does seem kind of weird and kind of sudden but if you take everything into consideration his turn does make sense I yeah think. when i think about it it <clears throat> almost would have been more tragic if he like if he didn't necessarily, like, fully step into evil, but he was doing what he thought was right. Like, if he, throughout the movie, he truly became disillusioned and thought that the Jedi were trying to take over the Senate, and um, he was, like, he kind of knew about the Sith, and he knew that Palpatine was using him, but, like, he was just trying to do whatever to save Padme. But it would have been awesome if, like, the final nail in the coffin of, like, him truly finally becoming evil and we see this is when he finds out that Padme's dead like right at the end mm-hmm. because it would have been like such an ironic twist of fate that the thing I mean and it is in the movie but not so much because he's already like Vader you know just not in the suit 
but in the end, he's in the suit, and it would have been ironic if the final nail in the coffin was that by trying so hard to save Padme that he killed her, and then that's what really, like, solidifies him as evil. Yeah, and that kind of happens, but he already yeah, is it's determined. Just not really he's already... Much. Yeah, he's already evil by the time that he accidentally kills Padme. <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, when you bring up Vader, another thing that I think a lot of people c- gave the movie flack for was Vader's no yeah. <laughs> at the end, which no. I never had a problem with because I didn't ever think about it as a kid watching it, but... I kind of get it. It does kind of sound weird. A little campy, kind of. But at the same time, like, at the end of Empire Strikes Back, when Vader tells Luke that he's his father, and Luke goes, No! It's <laughs> impossible! <laughs> so, yeah. so it's definitely... And I mean, and what else is it? When Qui-Gon dies, Obi-Wan screams no. So it's not like yeah. this is an unprecedented thing for people to just scream the word yeah, no. Yeah, not even just in Star Wars. Everyone screams <laughs> no and everything. People should just be used I, to it. It does, now. it sounds weird, I think, because it's in the suit, so it has that echoey sound to it. But I think that is really the only problem like him yelling no isn't a problem as much as as just, just the way that it, how sounds. it sounds yeah. yeah um but it's not the only weird voice of the whole yeah <laughs> no there are the one thing that i was moments. i was cracking up about is in the scene like directly after anakin kills windu and then um <laughs> oh yeah yeah and then palpatine's talking to him i was like why are they auto-tuning <laughs> his voice like his voice just has that like like that kind of like, like some kind of reverb it's like a on rounded quality about it that makes it like you can tell it was edited and then yeah. i was like why are they doing that <laughs> yeah. like every other time he talks even as as palpatine and the sidious it's just like normal old yeah. man talking and now there's like is like, this noise to yeah it. it's so i can't really yeah. explain it you'll have to go back and listen to it for yourself I, but I've it's seen, so weird i've seen people like complain about that as well how Palpatine is such like a great villain because he's so like mysterious and like secret but then as soon as Darth or as soon as Anakin becomes Darth Vader all of a sudden he becomes like a cartoon villain where he's Mm -hmm. like (laughs) like cackling evil and I don't he doesn't do that in the original trilogy Mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think he cackles like that I mean I haven't watched Return of the Jedi in a while but yeah, it's so he just be, he just gets so weird, and I don't know, like I know in Return of the Jedi he looks really wrinkled, but he's old. Yeah, like I don't think they needed him to become wrinkly. Yeah, I I never once Return of the Jedi was probably the one I watched the most as a kid. I just loved it for some reason, and after all the times I saw Sidious, I never thought that the reason he looked the way he did was because of some sort of damage i just thought he was old and he just Mm -hmm. looks old he's just like an old guy i don't know why they and you know ian mcdermott in the prequels he they could have made him look older than he was like he isn't necessarily a spring chicken or they didn't they didn't have to do the wrinkly yeah they didn't much they didn't have to make him like he looked weird he (laughs) just looked weird he looks really different and like, the special edition of uh, Empire Strikes Back, like, the original version had an emperor that was, like, this weird alien thing. And then mm. when they re- made the special editions where they added all the 
like they changed some of the CG Just some and stuff. stuff yeah. Um, they added Ian McDiarmid, but he looks like he does in Re- uh, Revenge of the Sith. Like he has that same wrinkliness. It doesn't look like mm. the Episode Six um, thing, even though it's Ian McDiarmid in both, like playing the Emperor in the prequels and in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, and then in Rise of Skywalker, he has that weird zombie look, but then. He you know, he looks like <laughs> what can you do? About he that, looks no. like uh, the Revenge of the Sith Emperor again when he kind of rejuvenates himself or whatever. But I don't know. I just think the Emperor was really cool, and then they just did this weird thing to him, and it's not like it's not impossible to get past, yeah. but. It's just definitely like, why? I never really would have thought Mm -hmm. about this as a kid, but now it just sounds really weird. Another thing about the Emperor in this that I always thought it was weird is that in the first two, and even in the first half of this movie, um, like, he's very conniving, and you can see how he just puts all the pieces into play perfectly. But, like, he really loses his subtlety in this movie a lot of times. (laughs) Like... Even before Anakin turned, I guess he figured he already had his hooks in him or whatever. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, I know a lot about the Sith, let me tell you. <laughs> he's like, I studied the Sith for years yeah. and stuff. And then he's like, you know what? The Jedi are evil. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. he's just saying all this stuff. And, I mean, I guess it works for him, but yeah. I just thought it was kind of like... Especially at the part where like Anakin's about to leave and he runs and gets Windu and then they come back... He's literally like, Anakin, use the dark side, please. And then he's like, you're a Sith, and then leaves. I'm like, that should have been the end of Palpatine, to be yeah. honest. Like, he kind of showed his hand there, and yeah. it didn't work out for him. Um, no, but this the Darth Plagueis scene, I... Like, it's like it's a the big meme on yeah. Reddit, you know, everyone's always talking about the Darth Plagueis, the wise it thing. A meme. It's not that funny, but... It's such a good scene, like the mute, like if you just listen to it, like the mute, like it's such a creepy, eerie, weird scene, and it's like so good. Like Ian McDermott's acting is just like on another level, and he's a Shakespearean actor. Yeah. So like delivering like a monologue or whatever, like as a villain, like <laughs> now, he was perfect. Now for that's that, that's for that fun scene. fact. I've auditioned for a couple of plays, and I did use that as one <laughs> I think for my I did monologue. That. I think I did that year, once. Yeah, I think it was two years ago. <laughs> I used that as my monologue, and it was hilarious, I thought. Yeah, it was funny because it's a meme, but, like, yeah. the scene is so creepy. And it's, like, the atmosphere where it's, like, this weird, like, mm-hmm. opera thing. I don't know why I used so... that. I wasn't auditioning for a villain. <laughs> <laughs> I was auditioning for Funny Man. And it's so... I don't know. It was just so... Mm-hmm. Like, watching it again, like, I always watch it and I think of the memes and stuff. But this time I was watching I was like, this is just a great performance scene. Yeah, and you bring up that he's a Shakespearean actor, and that's something that I find even throughout... Especially Revenge of the Sith, I has a very, like, Shakespearean kind of tragedy drama feel. Like, just yeah. how, how the lines are written a lot yeah. of times. Like, people say that the lines are, like, so corny and campy, and some of them are. But a lot of them is just, like, the style of this, like, drama. It, yeah. I mean, you read the the 
Star Wars Shakespeare books. I have books, not. Right? You haven't. I think, maybe I read one. I know that, like, the ninth one is coming out, I think, sometime I this I year. I read the sequel. I would love to get all nine of them, though. If there's, like, a box yeah. set of all nine, I, I would read, drop $100 I've read the first for... six. If you don't know what we're talking about, there are a series of books, and it's all the Star Wars movie, but it's formatted as a play. Like and a Shakespearean all, Yeah, and play. all of the language is, like, switched up to, like, old English, yeah. kind of. And, like, the titles are cool. Like, I, yeah. the, the ninth one, I think, is called, like, The Merry Rise of Skywalker or something. Mm-hmm. Or, and, like, Jedi the Last or something. Yeah, and, like, they changed some the things. The Force Doth Awaken. Yeah, they changed some things to make it seem more like, um, in that, in an older kind of time period and stuff. But, um, the Revenge of the Sith version, I found that the tone wasn't that different. Yeah. It isn't really that different from the movie, and I thought... I really liked reading that book because it just worked so well as a kind of tragedy because yeah. that's what the majority of Shakespeare's plays were. Yeah, I'm hoping that they release like a, a set of all nine of those books because they are something that I would love to read. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. Um, and it's also good because a lot of people find Shakespeare like inaccessible and for yeah. good reason. It's hard to understand. But going in knowing the story of Star Wars Makes definitely helps read. you like yeah. translate it and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's I mean that's how I learned words <laughs> like sands and betwixt and <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, another scene that really really caught my eye this watch through is a scene with no dialogue at all and really no sound at all. And so it's in that moment, right bef- like right after Anakin leaves, when Palpatine's like, use the dark side, and then he goes to Mace Windu, and Mace Windu's like, or Anakin's like, I have to come with you, and he's like, and Mace Windu's like, no, you have to stay here. And so, like, right in between then and when Mace Windu confronts Palpatine with the other three Jedi, and then the whole, like, their whole fight starts, there's this, like, minute minute and a half long scene where it's cutting between Anakin in the Jedi high council chamber and it's completely empty and Padme in her apartment and you can see out the window in the background is the Jedi temple like in the distance Mm -hmm. and then in the Jedi temple out the window you can see in the distance like a bunch of skyscrapers and so it's kind of like it's completely silent and they both end up looking out the window and there's just, again, like, this really eerie, creepy, like, song playing just slightly mm-hmm. underneath it all. And, like, Anakin starts crying, and Padme's just, like, looking out the window, like, dramatically. Like, it's like this calm before the storm where, like, mm-hmm. this is the last moment where everything is, quote-unquote, good. <laughs> yeah. Even though it's all <laughs> falling apart. But this is, like, the last moment of peace before everything just absolutely hits the fan, and everything <laughs> yeah. goes wrong. Oh, man. And it's, like, such a... Like, I was watching, I was like, holy cow, this scene is so good. Like, it it could be one of my favorite scenes in the movie, just because without doing anything, it's doing so much. Yeah, that's another thing about this movie. Um, We said before it's a very long movie, and we also said there's a lot of action in it, but I'm pretty sure this movie is the most 
dialogue in the least action of any Star Wars movie. <laughs> I think I read that somewhere, and I was like, there's no way, because there's the cool scene at the beginning. Okay, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there are a couple, like, lightsaber fights, but they're all stacked towards the end, and then there's the intro in the beginning. Yeah. But in between that, it's really just a lot of talking, but it's not boring. It's just a lot mm-hmm. of dialogue. And, like, it cuts between, um, like... Doesn't it... It cuts between Anakin and Obi-Wan's fight at the end and Yoda and Palpatine's fight at mm-hmm. the end, right? So it's like, yeah, so. even though there are, like, two fights going on, they're cutting between them, so all the fighting is in, like, one section of the movie. Yeah, and, like, the same thing with uh, Kashyyyk and Yudapau. Yeah. Like, those happen, like, at the same time in the mm-hmm. movie, and they don't actually appear on screen as much as I remembered or yeah. as I'm sure a lot of people remembered. Which, let's talk about the Kashyyyk fight, because <laughs> underrated battle, and Wookiees mm-hmm. are the the goat. <laughs> Wookiees are the goat. I, I just thought, I think it's so cool. Like, I don't know if Chewbacca needed to be in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he's just a cameo. I mean, I guess he is old, so it makes sense. But, like, uh, just seeing Wookiees, like, jump out of ships with grenades and, like, mm-hmm. stick them on tanks and jump into water right before the tank explodes... Like, that stuff was so cool. And, like, with all their, like, trenches and they, like, storm out of the trenches, that scene was so cool. Yeah, I also like just the clone armor with, like, the green Oh, yeah, the Phase 2 is pretty cool. Yeah, the Phase 2 armor and then, like, the special camo armor is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the Battle of Utapau, like, the clones are, like, really cool. Like, there's yeah. one... Like, a clone runs You're over... You're talking about the crab... And it the jumps on the crab droid, droid and just shoots yeah, into its head a, a bunch of times and That's jumps really off. memorable for me, like, too. in the Clone Wars show, I don't think the clones ever did anything like that. I like, mean, I'm sure there's cool yeah, stuff that the they The height do, of, but like, like, clone battle was always, like, when they, like, fist-fought commando droids, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? <laughs> That's about as intense yeah. as it ever got. Mm-hmm. Or just, like... Or, like, cool just shootouts cr- from a distance, but there yeah. wasn't anything, like, them going hand-to-hand. With like, yeah, I mean, I there are, but, like... It was, it was just, there was just something, like... There was just a physicality to that particular, yeah. like, instance that isn't... I don't think is captured as much in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. With the exception of, like, the Bad Batch. That has some really good f- clone fights, but... Yeah, and there's that one guy... I think it was in season seven where he like has the minigun they're like surrounding him from all and it's just the one guy no it's it's for in the arc um with the banking clan and they go to whatever planet is it moon list or something i don't know but there's this the one guy with the tall heads there's yeah it's this one guy and he has a minigun and droids are like just marching in on him from all angles and he, then he just starts like swinging <laughs> his minigun around and it's really awesome but uh-huh I mean, that's that, that's and, besides the point. And that's we talked about it last episode, but the Gregor mm-hmm. versus, like, a hundred droids was really cool, even though it didn't end that well. Um, let's see. What else was it about Revenge of the Sith that I wanted to say? Um, Dead air. There are some really good deleted scenes for Revenge of the Sith that, if you have Disney+, Plus, you should go through and watch some of them. There's a deleted scene with, um... Like, Padme and a bunch of other senators, like Bail Organa, and I think Mon Mothma appears. And I think it's the same actress that played Mon Mothma in Rogue One, and they hired her for Rogue One because 
Um, she was cast as Mon Mothma in Revenge of the Sith, but they cut her only scene. Yeah. So that's just a cool bit of trivia. But you can watch this scene on Disney Plus, and it's like they meet up at Padme's apartment or something, and they're it's basically like the start of the rebellion basically because they're talking about how the chancellor is like doing things wrong mm-hmm. and i don't even remember like the de- like what they say in it but it, it it's like cool. it's supposed to be like the beginning of the rebellion and then that makes me wonder like what if padme had survived like would she she probably oh, yeah. would have had been the leader of the rebellion and that would have been so much more not i don't want to say more interesting but that would be like really interesting to see but uh, like her death is important for vader's mm-hmm. character and for luke and leia too yeah I mean. um but then obviously her children get born at the end and then separated and i th- always found it weird that bail organa was like yeah we'll take a kid and then they're <laughs> like what do we do with the other one and yoda's like send him to his family they'll never think to yeah. find him there Bro moment <laughs> i mean um that that always i always explain that as i feel like um it's one place vader would never want to go I mean, back to so that's i mean I, vader first of all he doesn't necessarily know that they were born I mean, Padme at the end and is buried, and they made it look like she died pregnant. And, I mean, but I feel like he definitely would have been able to sense if they were born. So I feel like Vader knows that they're out there, and he could probably find them, but, like, part of him doesn't want to. You well, know? yeah, like, and I don't think he would ever want to go back to Tatooine after his mom yeah. died and all that. Um, even though there's a comic where he does go back to Tatooine, and he's like, I hate being here. <laughs> and I then he goes it. and he slaughters a bunch of Tuscan Raiders again. <laughs> just, just bored, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, it was really weird because then the Tuscan Raiders like created like this, like, edifice thing or like an image of Darth Vader or whatever that they set on mm-hmm. fire. Or something. It was weird, but I don't know. I read a few Vader comics, but um, I just had something else and it slipped my mind. Oh, um. Speaking of Padme, there's the scene where Obi-Wan confronts Padme and tells her, like, hey, do you know where Anakin is? Because he killed a bunch of Jedi younglings. <laughs> and she's like, no, that's impossible. But there's a there's a moment, like, right at the end of their, like, dialogue that I was like, that was really good. Like, there were so many moments watching this where I was like, like, this time watching it, I was like, Ooh, that's kind of weird. And then there was somewhere I was like, wow, that's a really, yeah. really great moment that I never caught. And it's, I, it might, it's, I don't know if it's something about Ewan McGregor's, like, delivery of the line, or I don't remember what the camera was like, like, cutting-wise, like, what happened as this line was delivering, but, and it might have been, like, a musical mm-hmm. undertone thing as well, but he's like, um, I forget what he even says, it's like, uh Anakin's oh it's Anakin is the father isn't he and something about that was just like so good like the delivery that I was like holy cow that was like yeah that was so cool I mean what does that line do it shows first of all you're pregnant second of all I know (laughs) he's not really asking he knows and that's kind of reinforcing um the final season of Clone Wars too is yeah because he like knows that something's up and I feel like um 
Well, he de- he knows more than just something. Yeah, no, I think he, he's like he essentially knows. I think I think Anakin and Padme's relationship is kind of like an open secret. It's like it's a secret. Like everyone knows that they're close, but no one knows how close. I yeah, think. like everyone knows or can assume that like, oh man, he has definite feelings for Padme, but mm-hmm. good thing he doesn't. Good thing Act Jedi. Jedi. He would never. And you know. then he's like married. <laughs> She's yeah. pregnant with twins. I feel like that's um the one part of the movie that is kind of an Obi Wan character thing that goes unsaid. But if you think about it and you look at it sideways, it could be like part of why Obi Wan at the end tells Anakin that um he failed Anakin is that he kind of allowed this to happen because, I mean... He, yeah, he kind of allowed yeah. Anakin to do things unchecked that Yeah, and led he to knew, and fall. that could be because um, he took Anakin as a Padawan when Obi-Wan himself was too young, so maybe mm-hmm. they were just too close. Because, um, I mean, not all master-apprentice relationships are as close as something like that. Like, if you look at Luminar and Dooley and Bear Sophie... Their um, partnership was always very professional and very. Mm-hmm. It was like amicable. I always, I always, I want, I really want like a book or a comic book or something that's about how Luminara reacts to where Barris's character goes yeah. in the Clone Wars, or just like what happens to Barris after, after Order sixty six. Yeah, because yeah, who knows. Yeah. The way that they deal with her character in the show takes a turn that we very, won't get, that we won't get into. Sharp. But it, it's very weird. Yeah, along this same path, if you want to look into it even deeper, perhaps Obi-Wan let this relationship go because he... Of his own relationship? Yeah, he himself also struggled with, um, it, like, his relationship with Satine and seeing her yeah. killed mm-hmm. could be, like, I don't want to put anyone through losing a loved one. Like, yeah. I know... I think if the Clone Wars did anything that was... Like if you could, if the Clone Wars only did one good thing, and it did it did many good things, but of all of them, I think Obi Wan, and learning about how he also struggled with what Anakin's going through, because at one point he's like, talking to Duchess Satine, he's like, had you said the word, I would have left the Jedi Order to be yeah. with you. So it's like, holy cow, like just like Obi, and then just makes you love him all the more because it kind of just uh. And then doesn't he more. he talks to Anakin about that doesn't he in in one of the final episodes of the Clone Wars right it's either doesn't he uh, I think there's an episode in season seven where he talks to Anakin about Padme and then he mentions him and Satine right I, or maybe it's earlier in the show I don't remember I don't really remember yeah I, I'm it pretty could, sure it, I'm right because then Anakin's like but you loved her blah blah blah. And, like, I'm pretty sure no, it exists. I, I need to go back and watch. It's been a while. I can't I remember. We just watched the Bad Batch arc, and they're not in the It's definitely the, middle the arc, first so episode it, yeah, of the Mandalore It would have to be arc. in that one. Because that's the one where they're, like... Which I haven't With re-watched. the awesome scene on Anakin. Like, oh, the, yeah. With Anakin on the bridge and stuff. Anakin facing down the Separatist army, like, by Luke himself. faces down the First Order army. Good parallel there, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Um... But yeah, definitely Ewan McGregor and Ian McDermott are really good performers in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Natalie Portman also, but 
I think another thing that I've seen is that that people have kind of had a problem with is that Padme is like so strong in the first two like she's willing to do things for herself and then in this one she's just kind of barefoot and pregnant the whole movie yeah I mean, <laughs> and like she doesn't really do anything politically that's like showing her strength she, she literally doesn't do that much mm-hmm. and that's why i think that scene getting cut with her in the rebellion is kind of another a shame is another reason why it's a shame that it's cut is because it shows her kind of taking action in her own life again yeah because like you think about the first one where she's like the queen but she's also posing as a handmaiden going out on dangerous missions because she can and then the second one obviously with her in the battle of geonosis killing a monster and like fighting in this battle alongside Mm -hmm. jedi and then in this third one she's like i'm pregnant and then she's like at home for the rest of the movie yeah in her apartment and then cries when anakin turns bad and then dies and that's it rip which is kind of Padme. Are you, are you saying mothers aren't strong? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even get to be a mother. Mothers though. and wives. <laughs> no, I heard on another podcast recently someone talking about how tragic Padme's character is because she does start out as like this strong person who could do a lot of good for the galaxy, and then, like, against her own will, kind of, she falls in love with this guy who turns evil and then kills her, basically. And now her kind of um, legacy is that she was in love with the guy who killed the Jedi and started the Empire. And no Mm -hmm. one, like, they take her children away from her. And so no one knows that her children saved the galaxy. And then, like, everyone just thinks she died pregnant and didn't even get to have her kids. And she died at, like, in her 20s or whatever. So she her story is like really tragic. If you yeah, think about and her it. her funeral scene, her funeral procession is so sad because I mean she was so loved by her people. Like she served two terms as queen, the youngest queen to ever be elected. Uh, elected. Well, that <laughs> sounded weird, but um, and then there's like a throwaway line from the one queen, the queen that replaced her. Is like people were like begging you to take a third term or something. Mm-hmm. And um, then she moves on to the Senate, and she's, even by her political opponent, she's, like, a, such a respected senator, and she, There's a lot of good clone she's just content. the voice of reason and truth, and, like, if there was one pure and good politician in the Star Wars universe, she, she got done dirty. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And another, another parallel I noticed between uh, this movie and Attack of the Clones... In Attack of the Clones, her and Anakin go on, like, a little picnic thing, and they have a little discussion about politics, and Padme's like, we sh- we just need to trust in the Senate and do, and, like, diplomacy, and, like, the Republic is good and all this, and then Anakin's like, I'm not buying it, like, there needs to be something different, mm-hmm. and then it kind of comes back in this movie, they have another discussion, and then it shows, like, that the chance like, the chancellor has like taken Anakin like and like kind of drawn him to his side cuz then Anakin's like he was like it's the jedi that are bad the republic's good like you sound like a separatist and Padme all she's saying is like i think something's wrong like yeah. she was like trust me i would know like no one loves democracy more than me and this isn't like this is wrong and yeah. then he was like what are you a <clears throat> separatist or something well yeah isn't it what didn't she say something like what if, like, 
everything we thought we were fighting for is like yeah the enemy or something like something along mm-hmm. those lines and like she's completely right yeah. like what what is so infuriating watching this movie is that everyone is so 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 close yeah. to figuring it out and then it all happens right before yeah. they can piece it together like the obi-wan's like talking about how the jedi think palpatine is corrupt and that they're gonna have to like they're like the dark side of the force surrounds the chancellor and i was like and you're not investigating that right <laughs> yeah. now yeah like everyone is I, so no, close to what i love about that line what i love about that line is i'm pretty sure it goes they're on this hologram meeting and then mace windu goes I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. <laughs> and then Yoda's like, yeah, I sense the dark side a lot around the Chancellor. And then someone else is like, yeah, he stayed in office way too long. And they're, like, saying all these things. And it was like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it sounds kind of... And then, but they don't never they... they don't step in before that because they're like, well, we don't want to look bad, you know. Yeah. The people might not like it if we just kick down the Chancellor's well, doors yeah. and was like, retire. It's like... And, like, uh, the separatist movement is what the rebellion is. Like, mm-hmm. the rebellion, like, the everything, the republic and the separatists, the rebellion and the empire, and the first order and the resistance are, are the same two sides fighting, but they have a different name. And I think it's way more different from the prequels to the original trilogy than it is from the original trilogy to the sequel trilogy just because they like use the same technology Mm -hmm. and similar like logos and things for the resistance and the rebellion but the separatist movement is what the rebellion technically is and the republic is what the empire comes out of yeah i feel like the separatists perspective is never fleshed out in the movies because you just supposed to be the villain you just see it as it's these big corporations like the banking clan, the trade federation, the techno union, and they just want to make money and wreak havoc. But what you don't know is like Palpatine's playing the separatists as much as he's playing the Republic. Mm -hmm. Like the separatists is just a conglomeration of different systems who are saying, we think the Senate is corrupt and it is corrupt (laughs) because chancellor is playing them both. But so they put all their trust in Count Dooku, but they don't know that Dooku is in Palpatine's pocket. So they think they're advocating for freedom because they're like, you guys are like the Senate is bad and we want to be able to govern ourselves. And then the Republic, they just see the Republic as something that's like, you can't govern yourself. We're governing you and we're going to capture your planet mm-hmm. <laughs> now and so, then like and then the republic sees the separatists as people that want to break away yeah they're like the traitors they yeah. want to make everything like it's just i feel like it's we like, never see yeah because the separatists i mean both sides have their virtue but both sides are equally discredited because it they're doesn't matter because it's both it's just palpatine yeah their actual opinions in philosophy doesn't actually matter they're just two forces that yeah. the What's emperor it? is using to weaken the universe isn't the clone there's a clone wars episode called heroes on both sides i think it's called mm-hmm. and it's like padme goes to the separatist yeah. senate really good yeah <laughs> every like, time we talk about revenge of the sith i feel like all we do is plug the clone wars well because <laughs> it's because it's so good the clone Wars so seamlessly incorporates themes and yeah. even moments mm-hmm. from revenge it's of so the good. sith into 
into just like that's what the Clone Wars is like. It's, it's so close. Yeah, that's what it's for. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so kind of bridging tied together to yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Um. Yeah, it's just so like. It's so interesting to me that like when you watch the prequels. You root for the Republic, but also you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't at all. And you really shouldn't root for anyone but the Force. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know? everyone is working for the same person, and he's the Sith Lord that's Yeah, and that goes everyone. back to this discussion we had in the Attack of the Clones episode, where Dooku's like, Qui-Gon would have joined me if he were here. And mm-hmm. maybe you, he You would've. have to think, honestly? He Maybe. And then Obi-Wan's like, he would never do that. But... Same thing when Obi-Wan was telling people that what Anakin did, everyone was like, Anakin wouldn't do that. And we're like, so maybe Qui-Gon very well could have gotten ahead of it. I could definitely see because he was definitely more, Mm -hmm. he was less about listening to the Jedi and more about listening to the Force. And that takes it all the way back to Duel of the Fates. And (laughs) if Qui-Gon had lived, there's a good chance that none of that would have happened. None of what we saw afterwards would have happened. The outcome of the SME fight determines the fate. Ties the whole trilogy together. Yeah, it's really good. That's <laughs> <laughs> just good stuff. Don't know now. what else to say. Uh, there's a cool George Lucas cameo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what else you can say. Uh, if you watch the... He just appears in, like, one corner, and it's really easy to miss, yeah. but he has blue skin, he's, and you can't really tell it's him unless you know it's him. He's some... It's right before... He's a Pantoran senator. Right before... Like no, I don't think he's a senator, because it's outside the opera. That's like he's true. just a guy. He's just a painter. He's just yeah. a dude. Then there's probably a whole backstory on him. Yeah, <laughs> on George Media. It's uh, probably George Lucas's favorite character. He's <laughs> like oh, uh, another thing. <laughs> I yeah, I keep seeing people talk about <laughs> Mace Windu mm-hmm. potentially surviving. <laughs> no. And here's why I want to say that's not a good idea, because Mace Windu. I think we've said this before, represents everything that the Jedi are doing wrong. He's arrogant, and he's not... And he's militant. Yeah, he's arrogant, and he's like, yeah, let's be generals. <laughs> and he is kind of the opposite of what Obi-Wan is, because and Qui-Gon, really. Cause they butt heads mm-hmm. all the time. And he kind of doesn't look at Anakin like he's worth anything. And he kind of, like, he doesn't let him be a master. And there's a good reason to, but, like, everything he does just, like, antagonizes Anakin, basically. Mm -hmm. And so his death is supposed to be, symbolically, Anakin cutting his ties with the Jedi Order. And then Palpatine, obviously, electrocutes him to death and throws him out a window. And so Mace Windu's death is supposed to be the tipping point of Anakin leaving the Jedi and joining Palpatine. Yeah. So if you were to bring Mace Windu back from the dead, I feel like that... Well, first of all, you'd be negating just science. That was a tall <laughs> window. That was a and very he, high he up window. He didn't even just fall out he of the was, window. He, he was, was thrown, thrown he, a distance And there were speeders the going under. He definitely got After hit by being a moving speeder. for so long. Yeah, he's dead. I'm yeah. just saying that much. Um... But yeah, I, it just seems like a fan fiction thing that so many people want Garbage. Mace Windu to come back to life. I don't, because I think if you... Like, they've definitely brought characters back to life before. Like, Darth Maul, 
They brought Darth Maul back in the Clone Wars, and it was a really good decision. But I don't think Darth Maul's death had as big of consequences, mm-hmm. or symbolically, yeah. as Mace Windu's Or Darth does. Maul as a character in general in the movies. Like, he was just kind of just a face, he I was, guess. Yeah, he was just like, like a, a fake, he, like a villain. His, he wasn't a character as much as he was of something course, like to, an obstacle. Something to develop a character, mm-hmm. you know? So, um... So his death didn't have yeah. as significant a meaning as Mace Windu's. So if I th- I think if you were to bring Mace Windu back to life, that would kind of... And, and p- what I've seen is, like, Mace Windu should come back to life and get a redemption arc. Or he should be, like, a gray Jedi or, like, a dark side user. And I'm like, the whole point is that he's a Jedi and he dies mm-hmm. because Anakin decides to leave the Jedi. So... Bringing him back to life, I think, kind of lessens the impact of that. Plus, he's kind of like a jerk. Yeah. He's just a, not a nice hate, guy, and he doesn't deserve... Yeah. Honestly, I, I think if him. you were making a list of top five least favorite Jedi, I think Mace Windu might be there. That would be an Right episode. above... No, I'll save number one. If we do that episode, least favorite Jedi, number we'll one... Oof, there's a really bad one. You have to tell me after. I will. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it for our uh, uh, Star Wars rewatch, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, we tried to cover topics that we didn't hit on the 15th anniversary of the movie yeah, that so we did for our first episode. If you want to so if you watch those back to back, rolling, if you watch those, go watch, listen to the other one too. Watch yeah. them back to back and. You'll probably have like you'll two know and a way, half you'll hours. You'll know way of, too much about this movie. You'd be able to pl- you'll you'd be able to play our thoughts on Revenge of the Sith yeah. as the movie plays, and they would probably mm-hmm. finish around the same time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, hopefully, you're enjoying the podcast. Um, hopefully, we're gonna keep doing two episodes a week. Uh, we'll just have to think of a topic to release on Thursday. Yeah. Um, um, but we put something on Instagram. Um, well, this will come out Sunday, and we did it on Saturday morning, uh, for people to submit questions, and we got a few questions on Instagram, uh, we also put a Facebook thing up, but if you didn't see that, and you're listening to this now, you can go to either of those, um, the Instagram story might be gone by the time you you hear this, so you can just comment on any of the posts, or or DM, or anything, um, because we want to do an episode uh, in a little bit where we answer listener questions, literally anything, our opinions on things, uh, questions about like lore things that you might not understand, or like story elements that you might yeah. not get, or that you would like to hear us talk about. Um, we're probably not gonna like make whole episodes out of individual <laughs> questions or anything, but um, hopefully that's what's yeah. going on. Um, Make sure you can follow us at either of those places on Facebook or Instagram. And rate us if you're on Google Podcasts mm-hmm. or Apple Podcasts. That'll help other Star Wars podcast listeners to find us. Yeah. Um, share it with people who you know like Star Wars or forums that you might be a part of. I don't yeah. know if anyone's as <laughs> nerdy as I am. I'm in discords and yeah. subreddits and all these things for Star yeah. Wars. Um, as far as this series goes, uh, we're going to take a little break from it. We're going to segment, 
um, this series into prequels. We're going to take a couple episodes in between as a little break, and then we'll be back with this series watching Rogue One and Solo. We'll be the next one of this mm-hmm. particular series, but we'll probably do a Q&A episode in between, and we'll see if the week weeks ahead hold any interesting <laughs> news for us yeah you know? and even if even if there's not news we can find like something to talk yeah about. Our, yeah sure. our schedule if, maybe we will take one of the questions we got and turn it into an episode yeah. or something <laughs> if we need something for thursday depending but. on how many questions we, how many responses we get so we'll far have, we like, have 60 six. episodes i think we have banged. six yeah so. okay yeah um yeah so thanks for listening uh hopefully you can watch revenge of the sith soon and kind of pick up on things that we noticed this go around and uh we'll see you next time bye-bye the intro music to this podcast is star wars cantina band lo-fi remix lando's lounge does not own any copyright or trademark for star wars this podcast is for entertainment only we do not own any sounds character names locations any of the movies, books, or other related material.